Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology. We learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you thrive in your life, regardless if you're diagnosed with a mental illness. I'll also be interviewing JJ McGuigan, who shares his own story of overcoming and thriving with a mental illness. You all know me as a psychotherapist, but some of you may not yet know me as a composer. I currently have two albums which have been released. Think of both albums like books. Each composition is written like a chapter in a book. The first album, Consolation, explores a character's grief and loss. And just like in any book, the story explores a character's heartache and eventually he finds healing and hope. The second album, Restoration, explores a character's personal development. He has an awakening, and in that awakening, he recognizes all the things in his life which aren't healthy, and it helps him come to a place of restoration, being restored to something greater than before. You may purchase both albums on iTunes or any other digital music store. The names of the albums are Consolation and Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the piece you are currently hearing is from the first album, Consolation, entitled Uncertainty. Thriving with Mental Illness Many times we think of mental illness as something we see on TV. It's the quote-unquote crazy person that's running down the street screaming. Or we may think of someone who's mentally ill who does something very violent. The trouble with those Hollywood perceptions are many of us don't realize that we all experience some form of mental illness throughout our life. Think about your body. When you have a cold or when perhaps you have a disease itself, you go to the doctor. And when you go to the doctor, they prescribe you something. And sometimes it's just a stomach bug and you get over it right away. Or other times it's a chronic illness that you may have. That's the same exact thing when it comes to mental illness. Think of your mind. It's just like your body. Sometimes it gets sick. In my field, we have many different types of diagnoses, which we use to categorize different things that people go through in life. For some people, mental illness can demonstrate itself as behavioral, other people's as personality, with some people as part of their mind, and others it's just a situation that's happened which causes them so much pain that they don't know what to do. So there are many different types of mental illness. My point in saying all this is I simply want to normalize people who struggle with mental illness because like I said earlier, we all experience some form of that. Some we get over right away and, and unfortunately, some people struggle with something for the rest of their life. I know many people who say this is my depression or this is my fear or this is my sadness or my anxiety. When we internalize what it is we're struggling with, we unfortunately allow that to become our identity. When we call ourselves what we're trying to overcome, that unfortunately becomes our identity. And when it becomes our identity, then we often feel as if there's no hope. I will always be like this. This is always what I'm going to struggle with. And yes, it may be something that you have to overcome throughout your life, but when you don't take ownership for it, that then allows you to find the treatment that you need. Because sometimes when we do say it's ours, we don't realize that there is an answer because we think we're always going to be this way. So I really want us to understand today, regardless of anything that you're experiencing, for one, there's hope. There is always hope and always an answer when you're struggling with something. For some people, they go to see someone like me, a therapist, or for others, they go see their spiritual advisor, or some people go to 12-step programs. There are many different ways in which people can find help, but the point is you have to find it. 
If you are experiencing something in your life, regardless if it's a mental illness or not, there is an answer for you. The more you seek for an answer, the more you will find it. Those of us who may not necessarily have a long-term diagnosis, we can definitely find compassion and hope for those who do. Remember, we're all linked together with our emotions and the way in which we view the world. Some of us may have more difficulty with that, but the reality is we all will deal with something. So my challenge for you today is to figure out how to thrive in your life. If anything feels like it's too much for you, you simply have not yet found the answer. By no means am I taking away from your struggle, but simply saying there are people out there who have experienced similar things who can help you. There is always hope for you. I'm confident you will begin to thrive regardless of whatever mental health struggles you may face. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the Academy entitled Spirit, Mind, Body, The Perfect Triad. This non-religious course helps you understand how your intuition, or rather your gut, your logic, and your body all work together to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Enroll in the class today. JJ McGuigan is a survivor and a thriver. JJ was diagnosed with depression and OCD at age 16. He is now a guitarist and songwriter who placed as a finalist in the VH1 Save the Music Songwriting Contest. His music has been heard worldwide on hundreds of stations. He is now using his platform to advocate for mental illness. Welcome to my show, JJ. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to be here. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you on my show. Now, to be a finalist for the VH1 Save the Music Songwriting Contest, what an honor! Yeah, um, it was it was it was huge in the fact that you know it happened fairly early on when I first started to take songwriting up as a you know seriously as a profession, uh-huh. and it gave me the you know a lot of boost of confidence and and sort of some uh, I guess validation might be the right word mm-hmm. um, in that you know what I'm pursuing is is something that you know I can reach people at doing. Well, congratulations on that. And that's absolutely wonderful. Not only did it, like you said, validate you, but it also launched you maybe in a different direction that's what you had originally thought you may have gone in. Yeah. Basically, I had no idea how to make it in the music industry when I first started, mm-hmm. uh, along with a lot of people. Really, it just came down to doing research on the internet. And, and one of the things was entering songwriting contests. And that was the biggest one that um, was around um, at the time. That's a big one, yeah. Yeah, and it it just kind of you know I said well why not I'll just I'll just enter it and see what happens and I was able to finish in the finalist category and it was it was a a good launching pad to really more internal than anything external yeah really something that I could use to say to myself hey you know look you made it pretty far in a, in a pretty big contest and keep giving it your all and keep going for it. And you know, sometimes we need to have those types of things, pursuing something to kind of keep us, keep us going when, mm-hmm. it, when it gets to like a lull period. That's very true. Well, let's, let's jump back for a second because I want my listeners to maybe have a little bit more backstory on before we get to some of the amazing things you're doing now because you're advocating for mental illness as well. You know, in the, in the intro, I'd mentioned that you had diagnosed with depression and obsessive compulsive disorder. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? Because I'm sure, you know, going through your life and feeling as if things maybe looking at some of your peer group and not necessarily feeling like you're the same way as them, and then to get this diagnosis. Could, so could you kind of walk us through how your life was when you were 16? Yeah, it was, you know, for all intents and purposes, I had a pretty good childhood. I mean, and up until 16, things were going pretty smoothly. 
and I had, you know, a, a good core group of friends, got along with relatively most people and mm-hmm. was pretty easygoing and laid back and but yet also enthusiastic about sports was really my main thing at that stage of my life. Uh, I played basketball and baseball. When it basically hit was at the beginning of my junior year in high school. It was several straws that broke the camel's back as far as incidents that happened. Nothing in particular really caused it, but it just it came to a halt um, at the beginning of my junior season in high school, and I had started getting panic attacks, and I had no idea what they were, hmm. not a clue. And then, um, you know, and I wasn't one that would always would, would talk about problems. You know, I was kind of, I wasn't a macho guy. I was just introverted. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and, and I didn't feel sometimes safe talking about it, but eventually I just, I told my parents what was going on. And they immediately, you know, said, "Okay, we're going to help you," and I, and which was great because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, some people don't have that. And took me to a doctor, got diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and uh, depression. Now, had you noticed any of the obsessive compulsive behaviors prior to maybe being diagnosed with depression? Basically, what I am is a pure obsessional. Okay. I didn't have so much of the compulsive actions to soothe the, the anxiety. It was more like trying to sort out the thoughts in my head that, okay, what is my thought versus what is this thought that just is coming in here and wreaking havoc? I know a lot of people have intrusive thoughts, Mm -hmm. and the depression was just kind of a series of small letdowns that I just blew up in my mind. Which compounds it. Obsessive compulsive disorder is an anxiety disorder. It definitely exacerbates it even more. So every situation you have that you may have felt depressed or let down about, all of a sudden you start to think about it and worry about it and take it a whole life of its own. So just when you're trying to deal with one thing, something else happens, which then compounds it. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on that I know which way is up. Does that sound about right? Sounds totally right. And it came to really just, I had to stop everything. Baseball or basketball, I had to to quit playing. Baseball, I continued to play. And I lost a few friends um, Mm. that were very close to me. I didn't lose them permanently, but for that year or two, that first year or two, they just didn't know what to do. It It wasn't that they were against me. They tried to help and tried to be there, but they had no clue. Sure. And I was, was just having panic attacks all the time, and it was, it was just hard to maintain friendships. I'm sure it was, you know, and that's one of the difficulties, I think, with anybody. It doesn't really matter what age you're at. When you yeah. don't know what to do because you're not trained for it. Like someone like me who's been years in training, right. you know, that's you would come to someone like me. And so a lot of our right. friends and we, who want to do what's best, but we only can work out of what we know. And a lot of us don't have background in this so we don't really know right. what we know so for it to simply say oh it's not a big deal or get over it or stop thinking about right. it well <laughs> that's not really what i mean that's great in theory but that's not going to help you as you're struggling with it right how was your self-esteem at that time uh very low mm-hmm. very low you know being kind of introverted i was just naturally kind of shy and that put me even more into my shell basically sure. it just kind of depleted me i guess is the way of saying Mm -hmm. it i guess another part of the what comes with anxiety and depression are dissociative type disorders Mm -hmm. and depersonalization was something that i had a lot as well so let me explain that to what my listeners are so just dissociative disorders themselves is essentially it's almost some people would say it's like an out-of-body experience and and jj doesn't necessarily mean that per se, but what yeah. it necess- what it more sense means is sometimes you just there's a disconnect between multiple ways to look at this. Sometimes there's a disconnect between 
you're so caught up in your thoughts, you're not even aware of what's happening in your body. Or sometimes there are things that are happening where you feel so disconnected as you're, as you're observing it within yourself. Mm-hmm. For example, if I'm so overwhelmed with something and I'm struggling with something and JJ's talking to me, it's almost like I'm listening to him, but I'm kind of observing it from kind of up above listening to what he's saying to me, but I'm not really present in that. So there's multiple ways in which dissociative aspects uh, kind of manifest themselves in, in, mm-hmm. in one's life. And so I really want to normalize that for my listeners who may not know what that is. You know? Yeah, it, it, you, you said it very well. It was, it was just, it's like being in a dream state. Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, Which is one of, the, one of the factors when you can really, uh, yeah. in my field, when, when, you, when I hear this, it, it, it lets me know the severity, obviously not my patient, but it lets me know the severity yeah. of the anxiety and the obsessive compulsive disorders that you're having or, or how it's manifesting because it means in that moment you didn't have the skill set to be able to mm-hmm. kind of bring your thoughts down and bring yourself and center yourself back to what was happening, which unfortunately happens for a lot of people. And those, like you said earlier, you were able to get treated for that. And those people who aren't, they, they don't realize that there's hope for them, that what they're experiencing is a manifestation of the anxiety, which is the obsessive right. compulsiveness is a, is, a, is a bigger part of that. But there's, there is a treatment for that. There is help for that. There is hope for it. And so hopefully yeah. maybe some of my listeners today who may be experiencing some of those things can think, well, wait a minute, if that's kind of what JJ's experience is, what I've yeah. experienced. So maybe there is hope for me. Maybe I need to talk to my doctor about that. Definitely. I, I love that. And because so many people, you know, they'll, they'll have anxiety and they know what that is. Mm-hmm but they don't necessarily know the dissociative part might be taking effect on them like it did on me. And I had no clue what it was. And so sometimes you feel like you're going out of your mind, like what is wrong? I'm sure that really made the self-esteem even worse and just your self-perception and you're even more introverted and it just took on a whole life of its own. Definitely. It was just all consuming and, you know, I, I wasn't able to you know, really make new friends or, or ma- maintain the relationships that I had. My basketball coach in 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 high school, he was the the varsity coach my freshman year, and I didn't I didn't play for him directly per se, but I developed a pretty good relationship with him. Well, he went on to coach at Newman University, which is a college here in in Wichita, a Division two uh, school. I ended up going to Newman for college. Was able to go to college again. I had a a good support system around me. My parents were great. I met up with a doctor that was, you know, teaching me some mindful practices, which mm-hmm. we can get into later. But um, basically what happened was, you know, I met with the coach my freshman year and he said, well, if you ever want to, you know, we could use a spot as a, you know, a manager or whatnot, that can maybe help you get into some sort of flow or, or something like that. He was aware, I, you know, I didn't finish basketball in high school and he was, and he, he kind of wondered why. And I, you know, told him and, mm-hmm everything and what ended up happening was i i my sophomore year i got a scholarship as a manager mm. and it started to click with me that one exercise was good because i'd always done it my whole life and it wasn't really exercise it was just playing sports if that mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. yeah and which is it's physical movement essentially the physical yeah, movement is a form of can, your body uh-huh and, Yep. Yeah, and then however that looks for anybody when it's healthy that's one of the best things yeah. that helps when if they're struggling with anxiety or depression yeah so I had the, the opportunity to get a uh, partial scholarship and, and, and be the equipment manager and also practice with the JV. The three years prior, I gained about 70 pounds mm. due to medication. Sure. And I was able to that year shed all that weight. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And it, it, just, it just came through just because I was doing something I loved. And I always loved playing basketball. 
And so the, the, the following year, I ended up uh, being a walk-on on the team. And then the next year, I, I became a scholarship player. And that was really the catalyst for my recovery, mm. per se. I also took an acting class. Ah. And I, I learned in that class meditation, like how, how actors get in a, a certain way they get into character mm-hmm. is through, you know, a, a basic base stage meditation where you just lie on the floor and you at, during the class that the instructor would talk us through the meditation. And those two things combined that the physical activity you know, regaining a, a passion for life, you know, yeah. kind of helped. Well, it, it helped tremendously. Um, Helping you thrive is what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Definitely. Was it a form of guided imagery he used or he or she used? Is that what it yeah, was called? Yeah, he, he, would do, he would do several things. Um, you, would, you would imagine air coming mm-hmm. in through your nose, out through your mouth to start with. And then you would do things like imagine a balloon in your stomach as you expand. Then as you exhale and your stomach goes down, all the tension gets relieved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a wonderful exercise, yeah. Yeah, and um, I had no idea how beneficial that would be until I did it. And that's a beautiful practice you can do even today, even when you're not in school. Oh, yeah. I mean, that just helps you at any time. You know, that's, yeah. we all, when we learn those wonderful techniques, those are priceless because they help us get through the day to such a, in a, such a wonderful way so we can do the mm. things that we love and that just make up who we are and not necessarily have to worry so much about maybe intrusive thoughts or all these other things that may happen. Mm-hmm. And that may be something you struggle with for the rest of your life, but you're now having a lot more of these tools and techniques which are helping you thrive. You know, we keep coming back to that word thrive. And so that's just mm-hmm. really exciting to hear. Yeah, it was, it was, like you said, it's a priceless tool to learn. I wanted to jump ahead just for a second here. Yeah, so one okay. thing I wanted to ask you this specifically, so once when, when you kind of find your place in, in college and, and you're really you know, using the med- meditation and, and being in the sports and getting your self-esteem back, when did the music really start to manifest itself in you? It, it started, um, well, I began playing drums at 13 mm. and, um, and then picked up the guitar at 19. Really, it was my, uh, the year I was the manager, the equipment manager, um, was when I picked up guitar. And once basketball really started to wind itself down in my my uh, fifth year, I was a fifth year senior. And mm-hmm. uh, so I was a student assistant that year. And that was the year that I, I, did, I really got into songwriting. I was wow. 22, 23. It was the following year that I that I entered the VH1 contest. And so ever since then, music's been, you know, number one. Yeah, that's amazing. Really? When you're performing on stage, what what's different for you on stage than as a person talking to me, maybe right this now, or just maybe by themselves? It, it really, um, you know, on stage sometimes I'm 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 less nervous mm-hmm. because I know exactly what I'm going to say. I know exactly what <laughs> what's supposed yeah. to happen, and if it doesn't happen. You know, I make a mistake or mess up. You know, the crowd's not gonna start booing or anything. Of course, like that. they're there to support you. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so many musicians, they have that image in their mind that oh, if I hit the wrong chord or I don't hit the chord fully enough, they're gonna start booing and throwing things, which you see in in TV and on movies sometimes. But that's not really the reality when you're playing. You know, the shows we're playing right now. Sure. Um, well, I just think it makes you relatable. I mean, because we're all, yeah. regardless if we're on stage or not on stage, on the radio or not on the radio, 
we're, we all are just, just like everybody else. You know, I'm the first yeah. to laugh at something silly that I'll do. And, you know, even when I'm by myself, I laugh about it because it's funny, mm-hmm. you know, not that people would yeah. laugh at you because you make, it, make a mistake on stage. But my point is we're all so relatable. We're, you know, we're all, yeah. some days we're totally on point and other days not so much. And that's just life. Yeah, that is, that is, that's, that's huge. That's a huge lesson to learn is mm-hmm. that, you know, you want to be careful putting people on a pedestal because we're all, in my opinion, we're all equal yes. in our essence. You know, we're all, we're all the same, you know, then some people might have different abilities than others, but it doesn't make them better that there's just different abilities that we mm-hmm. have. But, um, but you know, we're all, we should all view each other as, as equals in, in, in the respect of, of who we truly are and everything. And that's been a big life lesson that I've learned, you know, throughout just growing up and living life. You just, you just kind of learn that. But I think also, you know, maybe f- when you were going, growing up and struggling mm-hmm. with some of the depression and the OCD and all that, you know, for me, yeah. I, when, I, when I hear that, and just in my own life growing up as well, I think some of those own hurdles and obstacles that, that we've overcome, it really makes us more, have more compassion yes, and understanding and forgiveness for the people around us who may make a mistake. And so mm-hmm. I think sometimes the way that we grew up, uh, it may feel a certain way at, at the moment. But later down the line, it really helps yeah. us understand the world around us in a greater way to really give, you know, let things go much more quickly to be like, ah, you know, it, it may, something may annoy us, but it, we, we don't hold on to it. We really allow that person to maybe give them the benefit of the doubt or just really say, yeah, maybe they're just having a bad day. But so I think sometimes people who have some of those bigger struggles in different mm-hmm. times in their life really helps them later on navigate some of those things, maybe a little bit differently than people who haven't had maybe a struggle when they were growing up. Definitely. And one of the, the greatest um, things I've heard was from Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, everyone will operate at the level of their consciousness. Obviously, if you, you go through things like we have and, and ha- have, you know, developed a, a more sympathy, compassion, love, you know, you, your, your level of consciousness might be consciously greater, but everyone has the same potential. Exactly. So that that's why, you know, when people who maybe aren't as sympathetic or whatnot, you don't really want to lash out at them. You maybe want to try and help them grow if you can. Mm -hmm. And And realize that they're a different part in their life and their own, and their own journey. Yeah, totally. And so it's, it's not necessarily that they're a bad person. It's just where they're at right now. It's just kind of important to just honor where everyone's at in their own Mm -hmm. lives. I totally really see the potential in everybody. Yes. Yes. Tell me more about the mental health advocacy that you do. Uh, yeah. Um, it's really just getting the word out. Uh, going back to that coach that was in, uh, uh, that, that coached me in college and in high school, he came, ended up coming down with depression right after I left. Oh no. And, but he's overcome it and he's, uh, actually just retired this past year. It was actually on Saturday was his last home. Oh wow. He's going to start talking and, 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 and speaking a lot about mental awareness. And that's kind of along the same things as, as what I'm doing. Um, just any, pla- any chance I get, I go and, and talk about it. And we'll, I'll show, it, it can be something as, as simple as sharing something on social media. You know, anyway, I think in the music itself, mm-hmm. it kind of speaks to it as well. Yeah. And if I'm, you know, if I'm playing a, a show, um, I'll, I'll simply make a statement 
I myself have struggled with certain things with mental health. And if, if you feel you're alone, you're not. And, uh, if, if, if you feel you need help, please get it. It's just one of those things that, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting started with and I'm going to do for the rest of my life hmm. because, um, you're literally, you're literally using your platform when you're on stage to be able yeah. to let people know that, hey, this is, you're normalizing it, letting them know there is a way out. There always is, is an answer. You just simply have to look mm-hmm. for it and really helping them realize that regardless of where you are in life, whatever platform right. you're at, whatever, you know, how successful you are, how well-known you are, whatever it is, we all are linked together and we all mm-hmm. can help each other. Definitely. And that's, that's the message we should all be sending to each other, just like you are. and. Um, and I, I think it's great, and I think it's it's something that, you know, it wasn't around a whole lot when I was 16, um, as much as it is now, which I'm I'm very happy that it is, um, getting more into the awareness of people, mental health, and and just learning that there's help out there. Mm-hmm. You might not find it your first try, but just keep trying, never give up, and and um, you'll find the answers mostly within yourself. You'll find them but everyone's here to help each other out along the way. Exactly. And you know, JJ, I, obviously I don't know your background. This is really the first time I've met you, but it's really yeah. nice for me to hear, you know, maybe just because I've been in this field for so long, I, can, I know when someone's struggling with something and I can, with all my history of knowing this, I can kind of picture you when you were 16 years old and how you were struggling. Yeah. And so just with the clients I've worked at that age as well. But my whole point in saying that is this, hearing you talk now, hearing you how you use your, your mindfulness techniques, how you use some of your, your meditation, how you use some of um, some cognitive behavioral therapy, that's fancy words that basically say being aware of your thoughts, which then right. determines what you do with your behaviors. So all those things to say is I really want to validate you and how well you've really overcome this, you know, to hear you be able to speak and talk about it on the other side of it. And sure, you may still struggle, etc. But for you to be able to sit here and talk about it as someone, like I said, who is thriving, who's on the other side, I want you to know that I hear that in your voice and I hear that about you. And I'm very honored to have you be on my show talking about your life and how you've overcome this and the hope that you're going to instill in all my listeners today as well. It was an honor to be here as well. Thank you very much. Wonderful. So one last question I always like to ask my guests. If mm-hmm. my listeners would like to find out more information about you, where will they find your information online? Uh, I have a web page, uh, jjmcguiganmusic.com. Uh, McGuigan is spelled M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N. And it's just jjmcguiganmusic.com. Really, uh, you can leave me a message. You can leave me a comment. You can you can also find me on Facebook, just my name, JJ McGuigan. And there, there's a music page if you are struggling or anything and want to hit me up, you know, for anything I can do for you. It's uh, it's, it's just right there. It's such a big part of it is just being connected the best mm-hmm. we can to, to each other and everything. Exactly. Once again, thank you once again, JJ, for being a guest on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. I also want to thank you, my listener, for joining with me today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with me. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for my newsletter, enroll in the Lifeology Academy, watch my YouTube episodes, and read all the articles I've written just for you. If you'd like to become a guest or advertise on my show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. You may also follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Have a fantastic day, and I look forward to speaking with you very soon.